to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another Friday episode. I am Alexa, and with me, literally sitting right next to me, which is abnormal, is my co-host, Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. What's up? You're in my room. I know. It's exciting. What do you think of it? I like it. It's big. Do you like the alien – no, the robot painting? I was like, I didn't see anything. I like the robot paintings. (laughs) Um, yeah, Ambie is here in Philadelphia with me because um, we have a live event tonight that we're doing at Healing Arts Collective. Um, we're going to do a live podcast recording and um, and we're doing this podcast recording right before that for the Friday episode. So i um, super excited. Um, and of course, it's Friday and it's April. So that means we are getting into another awesome Relationship April episode with our special guest and expert, uh, Colleen Coles, and um, we will hear from her in just a minute. But before we do that, wanted to say, number one, well, I would read our Patreons, but Patreon isn't pulling up right now. Technological difficulties. And I can't blame it on Mercury and Retrograde, so I don't know who to blame it on. But um, <laughs> maybe but we have too much energy together. I think that's what's happening. It's and breaking all the electronics. We, are like, no, we were just joking that we're literally the two stooges right now. <laughs> Everything is falling and breaking. But um, no, one thing wanted to remind all of you that we have a um, Purium cleanse coming up, superfood cleanse coming up May first, starting May first. So, um, you know, a lot of you have already jumped on board, and uh, we have a couple few weeks left for people to continue to jump on board. So, if you want to be a part of that and get your mind right and your body right for spring and summer, which I'm really looking forward to, then say hi and say what up, and we will get you all the information so you can join us for that. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to share before we get into this is that I uh, feel so honored. I was asked to be a part of something called the Soul. Symposium, which is a an online symposium put together by this amazing woman, woman Jerry Mana, and it's all about how to release stress and overwhelm. And she provides all these different expo- experts and resources. And I was on there as an EFT expert, and um, it's free. So if that's of interest, um, definitely check it out. I'm going to put it in the show notes so that you guys can click on it and get information on that. And that's going to be going on all month. So. <sighs> That, cool. Those are my notes. Yeah, it was a really awesome That's interview. Really Honestly, go watch my interview because it was really cool. It was the best I've ever done. Um, and, Ambie, do you have anything before um, we dive I, in? I do want to say that I am doing a live psychic reading in Virginia Beach on April 24th at 6 p.m. And if you want more information, you can private message me or um, we can put it in the show notes. I don't know. Either way. We'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. 
We're doing it live. All right. Well, that's enough for housekeeping for today. Let's get into the juicy stuff. Colleen, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going awesome. So happy that you're back with us. Yeah, How have you been? I've been good. I feel like, you know, I'm up leveling and it feels great and I'm ready to go. Totally. Same here. Same here. I feel like we all have. This past week has been extremely intense energetically. And after I was kind of telling you offline, but after the episode last week, it brought up so much stuff for me. I mean, I think for both of us, yeah. for everyone. But personally, I was like, whoa. It's just amazing what can happen when you just start talking about certain things. Like you just start connecting dots. It's like yeah. it just all starts coming up. And it's and it's powerful because like things are shifting. So excited yeah. to keep talk, keep the conversation going today. Beautiful. So yeah, I'm happy to start where you ladies would love to start. And something that kind of came to mind um, to know for from you guys is like, what do you feel is the most pressing issue or what people who need this like need to know? You know, like what are the real issues? Well, I I don't know. I personally think the codependency thing yeah. is huge. I mean, something that's been coming up for me this week, a lesson that has – it's like a pattern that I've seen in so many ways is um, this this taking on other people's emotions thing. Mm. I mean, even Ambie and I like had a – it was so funny. Ambie and I like triggered each other in this huge way this week. Yeah. And my part of it was wanting to take on her emotions and wanting to take responsibility for – what she was feeling. Um, so for me, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's something that a lot of us are going through, the taking on other people's emotions. Yeah. What about you? I think it go. I think – what's going on? Go. Oh. I think – I don't know. I feel like unhealthy relationships but codependency again, which is a bigger topic. It's – more, you know, general, um, taking on having conversations that don't exist. Does that make sense? So you tell someone something and they don't respond to you right away. And then you're having this conversation in your head of they're going to react this way. This is going to happen. And then you're mad or sad or whatever. And it's actually none of those things. You've created that whole scenario. Yes. And yeah, so let's dive in on that. <laughs> so I was brainstorming and thinking, okay, what even would I have people know? And what do I feel is necessary in creating a healthy, meaningful, loving relationship? And one of the main things is I feel open communication and honesty that then creates respect and a feeling of vulnerability that's safe. And, um, you know, I think we're all craving for a sense of intimacy and connection with each other. And that can happen when we actually feel safe to be vulnerable and, and communicate honestly. And when we don't, what can happen is that we end up having this conversation in our head or a reality in our experience that is not actually real. And I think this is so prevalent for women and anybody who felt in the past and maybe even past lifetimes that it was not safe to either be who they were and it wasn't safe to speak out their truth. And so when we've grown up with a feeling or in a family 
that makes it not safe to be who we are, to, to really speak out if we're angry or to just say what we need. That then has us turning to a different way to meet our needs. And sometimes that can just be having the conversations within our, ourselves. And then that can also then lead to a feeling of martyrdom um, and an acting out where it's like passive aggression. All of these little dynamics that come out and stem from this feeling of like, I'm a victim, but are really just a way that we aren't being true to ourselves. And we're, we're, it's almost like there's this barrier, at least from when this has happened to me, it's like there's this invisible barrier of my own energetic bubble. And when I can't puncture that barrier to let it out into the outside reality, people don't know what's going on. <laughs> and yet nobody can puncture that reality besides me. And so, for example, if I don't tell my husband something that I think he really knows, like he should know, like he should know, you know, that this thing that he did bothers me. He, he's done it before. I've said it before, you know, like any anything um, for then if I don't say that out loud, he probably won't know. But yet I'm going to be having this extreme experience that shows me he doesn't love me and creates all these cray cray experiences that aren't really real so all that to say yeah that's happened a lot <laughs> totally totally that was coming up actually a lot I, I I've been interacting with like three different people who were expressing to me exactly that like one of my tapping clients this week one of um, my friends this week both saying like they 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 feel the inability to express when the little things happen like mm -hmm. Because yeah. they think it's easier and they don't want to cause trouble. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. it leads to finally one day when it just explodes, whether it's a meltdown or anger or whatever. And, you know, and I talked – one was the session and one was just me talking to my friend. But, you know, what I heard from both of them was that it – essentially it didn't feel like – they felt like it would just cause more trouble than it would help them. And mm -hmm. I think that is definitely – that's just interesting. It's interesting that because, yeah, like I think a lot of us are taught or a lot of us pick up that if you make someone mad, then if you say something that someone's not going to like or something about how you're – I don't know. If you say something someone's not going to like, then it causes explosions in your – or an upheaval in your yep. family mm -hmm. life. And that's probably because that's how we've been trained. But what's cool about being an adult is that you get to create your own reality. Yeah. So, right. So, for example, the story that came to mind with all this was like recently with my husband, Michael, um, you know, luckily we've established a really healthy relationship, meaning that we both feel safe to be ourselves and it's scary. But I think I don't think good relationships have to be hard. I just think they have to be honest. So when we're willing to get honest, that's when they get real good. But it can be scary as F because we feel it's unsafe or it doesn't really matter or it's these little things. Well, uh, while I was doing some of my own growing work, um, which includes kind of healing my own nervous system, um, I remember... <laughs> 
<laughs> like it all comes up, right? But it's because we're ready to clear. And anyway, so I was having this experience where I was feeling stressed. I had to go grocery shopping. It was Sunday night. It was like 8 p.m. And I kind of needed to go grocery shopping because he wanted me to. And so there was that element. Um, but then also having to come home and do other things and still try to get to bed by 10. So all these things were happening and I was trying to figure out the time I was getting my shoes on. And all of a sudden from the living room, I hear like these gun explosions and people like screaming and my brain puts together that, oh, he's watching a movie right now that has a war scene or something. But I was like, okay, but it triggered a a visceral response in my body that was like, this is not safe because my energy was already kind of high. And so I was like, and I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, it's fine. It'll go away. And trying to be present, like trying to use the tools and like, you know, look at all the angles to just be like, oh, I'll observe this. And oh, okay. And But it still was super triggering and it kept getting worse. And so I went and opened the door and said, Michael, can you please turn that down? And he said, God, okay. And so I shut the door and he did turn it down, I think. But I couldn't really tell because it still sounded loud. And still, all these like ridiculous sounds like, wow, I'm like dying, <laughs> killing. And I was just like, I can't, like, this is too much. And I had that sensation of like, don't say it again. Like, he knows mm-hmm. all these stories, all these stories, and feeling like I'm going to rock the boat too much because now I'm going to get nagging. Yeah. But in the back of my head, too, to like Ambie's experience of, or what you shared about, you know, having conversations with your head. I'm like, he knows that. Like we've had these conversations, right? So finally it gets to a point again where I am so feeling anxious and, and, and vulnerable that I even, I just feel nagging. I feel vulnerable for feeling so vulnerable in this situation. And like, he probably won't get it, but I need to tell him. So I go out again. I'm like, my, and I go in when I get stressed more to that fight or flight mode, which kind of can result in anger, which can be when a boundary feels crossed. So I go out instead of like that freeze or the, the, like, I don't give a shit kind of place. I give a shit. And I actually like (laughs) fire out (laughs) bombs. So I went out again and I just said, you know, Michael, can you please shut that down? And he just was like, God, God, like this is so, and I just ripped and I just was like shaking at that point. And I, I was like, you know this. And like, <laughs> healthy relationships, everyone. No, so, <laughs> but anyway, no, I mean, like, it's all real. And anyway, um, so I go back in, but I'm like shaking at this point. And to me, for real, like, I felt like I couldn't even speak to him. I couldn't trust him. I couldn't touch him. Like, I didn't even, he, he, a couple minutes later while I was walking out the door, he hands me the Trader Joe's list and I didn't even want to touch him. Like I didn't even want to make eye contact because what I was realizing was that I felt like he was the threat. Like he didn't understand me and he wasn't even willing to protect me against what I felt was scaring me, which were all these bomb sounds. So I was like, not only are you in the way of protecting me from that, you're attacking me. So I cannot trust you and I don't feel safe. And (laughs) All that to say, that was a huge experience for me. That was really real to me. And there was this element of thinking he knows this and he should feel how like scared I feel. So the next day I hardly could talk to him. Um, And I was like feeling that itch, like, you know, you got to say something, but you really don't want to. So finally that night I was like, okay, Colleen, like if you really want to 
bust through and let that flood roll. Like you got to let it out. So I finally just told him like, look, I really don't want to have this conversation, but I need to. And here's the thing, guys. So the first nugget, I think that really can help establish a healthy relationship and have us feeling safe sharing what we need to say is how we share it. So if I were to say, you knew this and you made me feel scared, he probably would immediately get on the defensive, right? Right. So instead, what I try to do, and I think everybody should try to do who wants to feel safe in relationships, is really start with I. And like, I feel this when you do this. So that's what I did. I said, I felt so scared and attacked and abandoned when you made fun of me for saying I need you to stop something. And I said, you know, I thought you should know, and I thought you were already knowing that I was so scared and feeling really distressed from all of these other things going on. That's why I got so upset. And what was so fascinating to me was he's like, Colleen, do you realize you were in the other room the entire time besides just when you came out? And I was like, yeah. He was like, usually when I'm feeling you out, you're in the room with me. Like I can sense you enough to know something's wrong. But the only time I saw you was when you came out blurting to shut it off. And then when you came out again, blurting, you have to shut it off. I had no idea. I didn't have a a chance to sense your energy out. So I just thought you were nagging me. And I couldn't deny that he was right. Like he was right that I didn't, I wasn't there for him to even connect with me at all. So the moral of the story was really that him, me sharing that with him allowed him to cast his own perspective to then make me realize this conversation, this experience was really within my own bubble. It wasn't outside in reality. But if I had not said anything, that's what can really diminish relationships and crumble the foundation of something sturdy. Because then if I hadn't said anything, that is a seed that the ego plants for us to then say, see, remember that? And I think it's true too, because when I have so much charge around something and I don't dispel it, even if it's not with him, but it, or if it's in a journal or something like that, if I don't dispel that energy, that is still energy and it's going to be in my system. Um, the Sanskrit word for that is samsara, which means wheel. So it's like that continual energy of that thought will stay in my body. And when something else gets triggered again, if I hadn't released that, it's going to be revved up and then added to it. I feel enough of those things can really, (laughs) that's what can lead to divorces. When the the woman says, you know, it's when you you didn't get the milk. Like he's like, ah, the milk. I just had this milk. It's not about the milk. It's, it's (laughs) those things were now see. And it's also two people here. And this is the last part I'll share on this, but like, it's not just the guy. I think of this movie, it was with Nicolas Cage and somebody else and they get a divorce, but I felt it was so sad because he was like, oh, it was milk. And she had said to get the milk, but he forgot to get the milk and he came home without the milk and she was like, we're getting a divorce. And he was like, oh my God, it's the milk. But it wasn't. It was because clearly there was a history of him not listening, which makes her feel probably unloved, unsupported and not safe to be vulnerable. Now, I would also reckon she's a part of that. And her job with that is when you don't speak up, he can't know that's the problem. So the martyrdom and not speaking up is also a way for us to not build a healthy relationship. And I think, you know, we only have control of what we can control. So, yeah, 
What's up? I agree with that. And I think it's probably harder when you're text messaging, right? Because you're just assuming things. You're not able to see or feel and not see. Well, I guess some people see energy. Anyway, um, you're not able to feel that energy or see the person's reaction. So you're just assuming. Yeah. That's even worse. So I would say, you know, we all have responsibility to create our own lives, to create healthy relationships. And that starts with the ability to respond. So if we're going to text, that's fine. Just know it'll take a little bit more communication, Mm. right? Like if you can't see it, then just be prepared to either have lengthier conversations via text or when they, you know, you come back together, like, be willing to be uncomfortable to talk about that. So it doesn't become this little thorn in the background. I love that. I love, I mean, I just love like breaking it down, breaking this down, because I think this is something that like confuses so many people because they're so stuck in the wheel. Like you're talking about, like they're so stuck in the pattern of like, on the, they're so stuck on the, in the milk, right? They're so stuck <laughs> in the milk. And it's always the milk and the milk keeps coming up, whatever the milk is, right? Um, and I think it's so, it's so kind of satisfying or just clarifying to realize that it's really, you know, it's, it's not about like you're saying the milk, it's about the fact that nobody's communicating what they're feeling and then finding things in the physical reality to blame. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And back that up for sure. So Yeah. I could go on to say even how that extends to like other relationships too. Like when we don't have the feeling of courage or self-assurance to really speak what we need to say and stand by it, that not only diminishes our romantic relationships, but it also diminishes any relationship. And if you think about it, I think why codependency is so Um, I guess, prevalent and also important to talk about is because codependency is where you feel like you get your fulfillment from other people. And there is a relationship with everything, right? Like we have a relationship with God where one or two or more are part of that. That's a relationship. So if we don't feel the stability within ourselves to be who we are and feel loved just because of that, which is very hard, um, that's going to affect our romantic relationships, but also how we authentically speak up and can be vulnerably ourselves in our work and within our spirituality. Um, But I was just working with a client today and she was saying how, you know, she was getting coffee with a coworker who actually has a job higher than hers and who she really respects. But she was noticing that while they were getting coffee, Um, she, this other person had really low self-esteem and was kind of putting herself down and acting less than both of their bosses, even though she was amazing at what she did as his assistant. But what my client noticed was that she dropped her energy down to try to not make that other person feel bad, to connect with her. But by the end of it, she was just like, God, like I just felt so disappointed in myself and saying like, what are you doing to us? Like, what are you doing to us to not bring out your own power? And what she started to realize was that it felt scary that people, you know, wouldn't trust her or wouldn't respect her and wouldn't be around if she was her full powerful self. 
So when we started digging into where that was coming up, it showed up a lot in her friendships and feeling afraid to really grow and be herself in friendships. But also then it was coming up in her family. It came up with roommates and it especially came up with boyfriends that anytime she felt like the boyfriend she finally like got with, like she was really attractive because she was so powerful. But then when they finally get together, she would morph into the person she felt he wanted her to be. And he expected that. So there was this dysfunctional function in that yin yang. And it was only when they'd break up that she'd like say F you and go do something great. He'd come back around. So yeah, all of that to say that we can play ourselves down because we feel afraid to speak up, but that's holding ourselves out of fulfilling our own purpose on the planet and making the difference we're here to make. That part resonates with me like so specifically because that going back to what I mentioned earlier about taking on other people's emotions or feeling like I'm responsible for what they feel. I have all these patterns in my life of, you know, and then starting with like we spoke about in the last episode and on the Positive Head episode, like with my dad, right? Like take, being responsible for the way that he was feeling. But then I have several other friendships, specifically friendships in my life that, um, you know, I I always felt so um, just responsible if I grew a little bit. The other – it was almost like we would hold each other in a holding pattern, right? Like me and this friend, whichever the friend – whoever the friend was at the time. Because if one of us would grow, it would almost make the other one feel like insecure and like, wait, where are you going? You're going somewhere without me. So then that one would – and I feel like it was usually me, but I don't know. It could have been both – that one would come back down and be like, oh, no, it's okay. I'm not really going anywhere. Like, I'm not going – I'm not really moving that far ahead and cut off their growth, cut off my growth, right? Because feeling like, oh, no, this person's going to feel abandoned. Oh, no, this person's going to feel like they're not enough. Taking on all of that and then using that as a reason not to go anywhere or not to grow. So – yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. <laughs> I was like, and here's the question. Where yeah. should I go? Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Cool. But um, no, to your point, like that's been my MO too. And it it speaks to the point of, you know, Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is not, you know, of failure. It's of our greatness. And the Course in Miracles talks a lot about that. Like we actually don't need to strive to reach our potential. We don't have to strive to be fulfilled with who we are or our greatness. It's actually, we have to strive against our littleness. We have to strive against the littleness of the world. But what that actually looks like in real life is this propensity to put ourselves down so that we don't shine too bright to hurt other people. And I think that comes psychologically from any time we've had siblings or, you know, Alexa, like with your dad, if it felt like you'd leave him, if you shine too bright. I mean, yeah, I have... There's, there's like so many stories coming up that I could share, but um, like having a twin sister and feeling like I couldn't shine, um, you know, and my family kind of really quietly or implicitly saying like, don't be too X, Y, Z, you know, so that you don't hurt this person. Well, obviously we love that a lot. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or what I was told as a child 
like I just I I have gas and I was told as a child like oh my gosh if you're too gassy you're not a girl nobody's gonna love you I was literally told that wow that's strong yeah yeah, so these things as children we are so told these things and then that's what has us not feel we can be that person or else people will leave us, or else people will not love us. So even if, you know, we want to write the blog post, if it's too out there, and it wasn't safe to be that person in our family, it's going to be so scary. And that paradigm will come up extremely hard um, until we break through it, because it's saying, you know, love and survival is way more important than this. But that's coming from a place of littleness in a world of littleness. The thing is, though, that we want to stay connected and grounded with the structure that helped us come out and and be ourselves, which is like that family. And so um, I just think about my family and like, for example, like my family wasn't really spiritual. They and they weren't (laughs) they weren't very grounded people. (laughs) Like we were kind of like either anxious or flighty all over, really kind of smart, but kind of just all like bubbles, like just all over. And I'm dropping in from Virginia to Arizona. I'm going to be here three weeks just to be with my family. And I'm so proud of myself that I have had grounding where I have more structure in my calendar. Like, um, you know, and that comes out in our relationships where like Michael will respect when I'm at work now, or when I have to close the door to meditate and then we have time together. So things are going well. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited to apply this when I get here. Um, have, have work time because sometimes what would happen in the past was I'd be like, I'm so excited to do my work while I'm at home and like work play, but I would get there and just be like, Oh, let me just be with my family forever. And I never would get the work done and blah, blah, blah. So it's not really working anyway. So, but when I got here, like the first feeling I had from being here was how my family's schedules were changing. Mm-hmm. And my, like my sister felt super anxious this morning going to work. And I'm not used to that. I'm, I'm used to creating my own reality with my morning. And so I was like, Oh, this is stressful. And I love her. So then I was feeling, I took that on, mm-hmm. but then it was, weird to me too, you guys, because I felt like it wasn't safe to get grounded. It wasn't safe to be who I wanted to become. Because if I did, I'd leave all of my family behind and in the process probably hurt them. So like, for example, my, um, (laughs) I have a brother and he is getting married, but he's, he's a Pisces and he likes to make his own plans and, and not be too grounded. So, um, when I landed, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. We're doing this thing on Saturday. And I get here and they're like, guess what? We're going to, we're going to hike to the top of um, Camelback Mountain and get married on Friday during the day. And then we're just going to go home. I was like, what? Like I, I was being a badass boss and I scheduled everything on Friday. <laughs> Saturday. So part of me, as we were driving in the car, when he said that was like, okay, it's fine. Like the, it's fine. Which I think a lot of women also do. Yeah. Right. And so I don't want that. I don't want him to feel bad. I don't want him to feel loved, but as I woke up this morning and thought about everything I'm going to have to shift and I've already shifted it so many times, like, and just to keep saying it's fine. I I created this whole new experience in myself and fearing myself, like it's not fair. And, and like, he won't listen to me, but I'm not speaking up. So what I realized was the reason why was because I don't want to hurt them and I don't want to make it feel like I'm more special than them, which is a, I'm shining too bright kind of a 
scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and that because they're not as with it in the structure of their schedules, or if they're too anxious and I'm not, I won't connect with them. So to me, the universe was really calling me to level up. And it said, like, do you want to grow? You've said it. So now's the time. It's the rubber hits the road moment. What are you going to do? And so I was like, well, God, I guess I can't something. And so I kind of try to tap into my own intuition and just be like, you know what, what would you have me do? And it was, it's always so simple, you know, when I finally ask. And it, 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 she was kind of just like, oh, we'll just call him and ask if you can start at 12 instead of 11 and see what he says. Like, okay. So I did. I took my time to like kind of prep and get into the vision of who I want to become. But I called him and was just like, hey, and told him like, I don't know if I can go if we don't do this. Like, and I'm going to ask that we can change it just because it was such last moment. Like, do you think that's possible? And to my surprise, he was actually like, I totally understand. Let me call our friend who's marrying us and see if you can do it. And I'll let you know. So still waiting to hear back. However, the fact that I freaking said it is that much closer to me becoming who is my greatness Mm -hmm. and not taking a step backwards towards these old patterns we want to overcome. And by doing that, I'm setting myself up for my own children to see that and to not model what I saw in anxiety and instability, but actually in the safety of knowing you can speak up and you can be grounded in your own self and still be loved, whatever that looks like you doing in the world. So I don't remember what your question was or where we were. I, I, I love that story because it, I think it's, it's, so that story makes me think of a story. Okay. So this story So when I was like, I had to be four, maybe, maybe five, four or five, whatever. I, and I think I've told this on the podcast before once, but whatever. I, I had a babysitter and I remember, I mean, this is back in like the nineties, like early nineties. I remember she had a highlighter and I was four and I thought she was so cool. And she was using this highlighter probably to study or something. I just remember like thinking, that's so cool. I want that highlighter. For some reason, I did not feel at all capable of asking my parents for anything like that, even though it was a highlighter. I did not feel (laughs) capable for some reason. So like the next weekend, my mom was like, come run errands with me. We're going to go to like some paint store. She needed paint. It was like an art store. We go and then we get there and it's a small store. So I'm just wandering around and I see a highlighter. And my mom's at the register and I look at this highlighter and I remember the moment. I remember it now. I remember thinking, okay, I can take this highlighter, but where am I going to put it? And I remembered like in my basement, there was a giant like basket of just like a million crayons, just all kinds of crayons and colored utensils in there. And I was like, oh, I can just put it in there. No one will ever know. And um, and I thought it all through and then I was like, yep, I'm doing it. Took the highlighter put it in my, I think I put it like in my armpit or something. I didn't have boobs at the time. So I put it in my armpit. So that that's how I was holding it in my shirt. And then my mom called me and was like, come on, we're leaving. So I run up to the front and then we walk out and she goes, you were so good. She praises me. She like, she never praised me like this. And she goes, you were so good. I can't believe how good you were because I was so quiet, right? Because I was freaking stealing a highlighter. <laughs> she goes, I, you were so good in there that I'm going to take you to get ice cream. And that would just never happen. Like she, that's just not something that just she would say or do normally because I guess I was always 
being bothersome or something. I don't know. Anyway. And I go, really? And I get like so excited. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yay. And I'm like this. And then she just goes, what is that? And she sees the highlighter and she rips it out of my shirt. And I remember the feeling. It was like my stomach sank. And it was just like, oh, no. I totally forgot I did that like in the Mm -hmm. moment. And then she picks me up and marches me back in there, slams me down on the counter and is just screaming at me to say I'm sorry to the to the art the 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 person at the cast register who was like oh it's okay like it's a highlighter she can have it and my mom's like no she can't have it she can't don't say that to her like you say you're sorry you say you're sorry and and I get it my mom just wanted to like enforce that like stealing was not okay of course um, she but, wanted you to live a life of crime. Yeah, she didn't want me to be a four year old criminal. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, you yeah. know. I think of that story and and then I remember going home and it was a whole thing. My dad was going to find out. I was so horrified that my dad was going to find out. I think I even begged my mom not to tell him, like begged her, please, you don't have to tell him. And she's like, no, we have to. Like it was just like a really bad day for me. But anyway, <laughs> the, the reason that I think that memory comes up is because every time I think of that memory, it's one of the most prominent memories of my childhood, if not the most prominent memory of my childhood. And every time I think of that memory, I think to myself, could I not have asked for the highlighter? Like, what – like, did I really feel that incapable of saying, I like this highlighter. I want to have this. Could I have this, mom? Like, and it just – it's just – it's something I'm trying to understand about myself because it seems – it seems interesting and it's it seems like wow i clearly did not feel safe to ask for that i clear it's a highlighter like i clearly did not feel like that was something that would receive a good response or maybe i thought it would cause trouble about money or i don't know what it was but that's what your story brought up for me and i feel like it's helping me connect a few more dots so you know mm-hmm. riley's the same way he won't ask me for anything my oldest son he won't. This is difficult. He won't ask me for anything. He'll be. Um, he had holes in his socks, and I was like, Riley, why do you have holes in your socks? This is crazy. And he's like, Well, I'm okay. I'm like, No, you're not. You need new socks. Or um, his pants were really. I was noticing how high his pants were one day, and I was like, We're gonna go buy you new clothes. And he's like, No, I'm okay. I'm like, No, you're not okay. Like, why can't you ask for these things? Or why do you feel like? Um, this isn't important enough to ask, is what I said. And he said, uh, I just don't think about it. And I don't, for me personally, I'm not saying this is your childhood, but for me personally, I know that I had him when I was just, I had just turned 20. And I just was an angry person. And there was a lot of yelling for his first five years of life. And Even now, if there is yelling, you can see him like flinch or his body changes or he shuts down and he'll go up to his room. And I know that I did damage and it makes me sad. um, But I I feel like that's why he doesn't ask for things. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. That's why Colleen's here. Any insight, Colleen? (laughs) Yeah. You know, what comes to mind is and I touched on this on the last episode that we had together, but you know, the first, the first memory we have, and even like, if it's the strongest memory can really be the vignette or the painting of a huge curriculum that we came here to, to experience and learn from. So there's nothing wrong 
Like it might feel like that. And that's how I felt when my parents got a divorce, you know, like that's how I felt. Um, but what comes to mind in a deeper sense that I learned from my own spiritual mentor was like, we chose these parents, you know, like we chose, you chose to remember that, rem- that memory so that you could then learn what you need to in this lifetime. So, you know, Alexa, for your story, what comes to mind, like when you were like, this is probably like the most vivid, if not the most fit, I was like, Whoa, we could dissect that to really see what are the pieces of it that you are here to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that being said, I don't, you know, the with our nervous systems, so this is something I've learned recently, which I think is really fascinating. Um, when we're born, and for the first, like, two to three years of life, if not more towards the age of seven, but specifically those younger years, the baby doesn't actually realize they're a separate entity from their parents and their nervous system is still being created. So they literally, that nervous system is literally imprinting whatever the nervous system is from their mother and their father, or whoever the two are there or the one. So as we are around those kids that's what they're going to implant into their body to then like let out into the world later of what life is like so it's really interesting with how you like really honestly shared ambi like there was a lot of yelling there was a lot of anger and when i've had a parent that was angry it doesn't feel safe to speak you know so if that was kind of that first five years of life, that makes a lot of sense. It didn't have to be one incident. It could have just been like the imprinting over time of that fight or flight freeze. It sounds like he almost froze, right? Like he went into freeze mode of I'm not speaking up and I kind of clenched like that's the body. So that's what comes up. And um, it's cool to be aware of that so that anytime we're dealing with children, or anytime if we have children to really like when they're around as best we can to just calm our own self down or do work that helps us heal those energy blocks within ourselves. But I'm actually at the same time, not sad for him because I think, you know, you were doing the best you could and you were doing what you could at the time. So to me that just says, Oh, okay. He chose a mom that was going to be angry his, his first five years. I wonder where he's going to go with that and how he's going to help shape the world from growing past it, mm-hmm. you know, but like that. that's what comes to mind. I like that too. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that perspective a lot. And, um, and yeah, I think there was a lot of fighting in my early years of life too. And I think it was fighting over like money and things like that, just about like having enough. Mm-hmm. Um, something that my mom shared with me recently that I never knew was that um, like right before when I was born, my dad got laid off, but he didn't tell me – he wouldn't tell my mom. He was trying – because oh. it was like the day I was being born and he was keeping that, holding that in, wow. which must have felt horrible like on his end because like he's having a baby. He hasn't shared it with my mom. He feels completely alone and then, you know – like I'm being born and then he like told her like when he had to tell her like when I, like I'm there like the, the first like I think like right after I was born I don't know so it's really wow. interesting about like the money issue and the scarcity mindset in my life because that recently was shared with me and I was like 
that is new information, which probably makes a whole lot of sense. Right. And so even if you just found that story out, your nervous system did not just find that out. Your nervous system experienced that frequency the first day you were born. Right. So I just want to point out too, like Alexa, do you see how like that's so similar to the story with the highlighter? Like you were your dad kind of in that moment. Yeah. Like I felt like I couldn't say what I needed or like. Yeah. And out of scarcity. And so the first, even before sharing that with about your dad, it was like, oh, money. Oh, okay. Scarcity stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Maybe there was a fear in little Alexa that said, I can't ask this because maybe it's too much or I can't ask this because of that scarcity. But then to have that almost like metaphor of your dad on the day you were born Mm -hmm. to say, I can't speak up and say, I'm scared or we don't have enough. So I'm going to hold back. Oh, that's full circle. Yeah, that's huge. So, yeah. And so how do you <laughs> – you guys should watch our YouTube right now because that just like blew Colleen's mind. She was like, whoo. <laughs> it's just so fascinating how much this, the, the little thing – like you got to be your dad in that situation. Yeah. It's an, I, yeah, I did not make that connection. But yeah, it does make sense. It does. And, it, and I like how you said that like – that memory is a vignette of like what we're here to learn, like what are kind of a theme of our life, which is mm-hmm. so true because there's so many elements of that that I'm like, yeah, I'm still dealing with a lot of elements of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when something is built in our nervous system, like programmed in our nervous system like that, for example, you know, because we all have different things that we're mm-hmm. programmed with, how do you start rectify? How do you start rectifying that? Sure. Yeah. So there's one modality called, there's a lot of different modalities. So I'm going to share what I've experienced and then also what I do. So one that I've experienced and is more directly related to healing the nervous system is something called somatic experiencing. And that's an umbrella term for a lot of different modalities that help reconnect the mind and body experience through processing trauma that's been locked in our nervous system over time by it not being able to be expressed. And so when, for example, when people are starting to see wild animals out in nature kind of fight and flight and run from predators and like death daily, they notice that their actual bodies don't hold the trauma of that. Whereas, exactly. So they have mechanisms built in to help them shake out and that energy off so that then they can go and be more present or do what they need to go do. But animals that are held in captivity tend to actually um, start to get depressed and hold that trauma in their body. But people couldn't figure out why because they didn't have the same stressors. It was because they didn't need to shake anything off and from a disconnection from that natural loop. So we also have that natural loop of cause and effect of processing stress and then letting it go, except that we don't always let it go. Like it's not always safe to say, I want the highlighter. It's not safe um, when you even try to speak up. And for example, like my dad, like he still left. So with all of those pieces and then growing up in a society that like, especially for girls, bringing it back to what we are allowed to do and not to be okay, to be accepted, to have love, like we're going to probably hold back the farts, right? We're going to hold back 
we're going to hold back who we are. I'm going to hold back my brightness. I'm going to hold back, you know, being too pretty or whatever the case may be, um, because we're afraid that those will leave us. And that's our death. Mm-hmm. Um, a memory comes to mind that my own coach told me, and she was like, it was so, ex- so she does somatic experiencing. Um, so it's been cool to see what happens from processing trauma in the body. Um, but a story she heard was like, to this other theme of the universe brings us what we're ready to, to receive. She was studying somatic experiencing and how these things show up when she was driving out of a parking lot, a, a parking lot and backed out and hit somebody. And she immediately felt that initial trigger. And as soon as she got out of the car, she could almost see it where she like locked it in and was like, hi, you know, like she put on this face and she was like, oh my God, I can't, I did that. I froze it into my body. Mm, yeah. Right. So it's those little things. And can you think about how many times we've done that? Like yeah. over the space of our lives. So when you have somebody who practices somatic experiencing, which can result like EMDR is one version of that. And EFT, I- which I do beautiful I see people's whole body change sometimes like just with one session literally their whole face will change and I'll be like yes you look like a different person literally that's happened to me too right and sometimes um it can be energy work and that's how I remember I experienced it we had been doing somatic experiencing but then she was doing energy work and what's so funny is that she was trying to touch me, but I actually needed her to remove her hands because it just felt really uncomfortable. And as soon as she did, I felt my own, and I saw it too, I saw my own energy expand out and it was yellow and it just like popped. But I hadn't felt that because I had been looking for confirmation and feeling okay through other people's help, right? Like there's also the line of when we buy the next home study program or call the next psychic or whatever the case may be to fix the problem and get advice. But the root of it is because we don't feel we have the answers within. We don't trust ourselves and our own authority. And we don't have that self-assured identity within, which typically is also in codependency and finding our identity outside of ourselves. So we can't stand on our own self, right? And so I have to ask the answers from outside. I have to get the love from outside. So all that being said, as soon as she literally, I, I, it was so uncomfortable for her to touch me, even though I love getting stuff like that. I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean to be rude, but you need to take your hands off. And she stepped back. And I was like, can you go farther out, back? She went against the wall. And that's when I saw my own energy just pop. And what she said happened next was that I brought, I like kind of fell asleep and brought myself into my own energetic clearing. And when I woke up, she's like, your complexion your whole demeanor is so different. Like it's so much brighter and it's like you're a whole new person. So anyway, that's the power. But I think it's cool that that happened because what I do is like energetic work. So I think it's all valid. It all just depends on what resonates. But somatic experiencing is really cool. Check that out. But what I do is kind of go into the energetic field and clear the energetic blocks that are locked within the chakras that are holding you back from letting that Kundalini rise or that energy express. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I try to help people do is what I think I did for myself on that table, which is see where the blocks are, but then teach you how to remove the block and blow it up so that then your own energy can expand out and you can go feel secure to do what you need to in the world. Um, like 
that's, that's the trauma that can be healed. And so I think I mentioned this in the positive heads episode, um, but I'll tell it again, just because it's really cool. I had a client who wanted to start her own business, was in a lot of debt. And <laughs> actually there's a new, there's a new chapter to this too. So when we, when we started, she was just like really nervous to even work with me because it's an investment. Um, and she was scared about the debt and her job and her business not working out, but she decided to do it. And we had been working together for a while where the relationship stuff was what came up first to kind of deal with and um, where she was saying yes, and she really meant no, where she was letting an old boyfriend in when she did not want to, um, where she didn't feel like she could actually take care of herself without the help of this person. So then she felt energetically under the table, she had to do what he wanted her to do. So as we kind of started to cut those cords, doing the energy work, taking action from that, like having your yes mean yes and your no mean no, she started clearing up her relationships, which totally empowered her because she realized she didn't die without them. Like the power was within her and she just then attracted healthier relationships and like more confidence because it was, it was clipping away what was not growing for her. And then seeing that she didn't die, she was able to see like, like I can do this. So that at that point, she was like, I'm ready for the next level. What do we got? I'm like, okay, well, let's do like an energy, like a, a scan here to see what wants to come through. And we had been doing this enough where I was like, how about you lead it this time? And she's like, okay. And she kind of got nervous. But as soon as we hit the throat chakra, she clamped and she couldn't speak. She couldn't even speak. And so when we went into that, um, what came through was that when she was three or four, she was coloring on the floor and expressing herself when her dad walked in, who was a great guy, she said, but he came in and stepped on one of her crayons and broke it. And for whatever reason, he flipped and he got super angry and mad and stormed out of the room. And even that story was like hard, but it came through. And I said, what was the belief that came from that? And she said, if I am too out there, I'll make people uncomfortable. So here it is coming out in her business where up until this point, she hasn't been able to do the reach outs she's needed to do. That's going to make people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like she can't express this thing that's passionate for her because that's too much like coloring outside the lines, mm -hmm. right? And having somebody like the stability of the dad leave. So it's not safe. It's, it makes others uncomfortable. So when we cleared that block that day, everything started to shift for her. Because what she came back to say to me was that, Colleen, like, I'm going to more meetings for this business. Like, I have girls coming to my house for it. Um, yeah, I'm going to another workshop Tuesday. And I'm just like, do you hear yourself? Like, this was all impossible, like, three months ago. But it's so funny when we shift and we're like, oh, it's fine. Like, you know, I'm, like, doing the thing. And it's like, girl, like, that's great and that's huge. And anyway, what's so cool, you guys, is like, that's been happening. She's, and I keep tracking in thinking like, will it change? Like, is this going to last? And she's like, oh, great. Like, it's doing the thing. And then all of a sudden she was like, but what's really happening, guys, is, or she said, girl, like to me, I really hate my job. Like the job that I was in that was supporting the business. Like, I can't stand it. I'm sick literally from it. And this isn't okay anymore. So she was like, not, she was not willing to tolerate it anymore. Um, so I led her through another process. We cleared some stuff and I said, okay, we'll just keep moving in the direction of that vision you saw for yourself in this clearing and in this meditation we did together. 
And I kid you not, it was five days later. This is where it gets so much coolness from like relationships being cleared up, the energetic blocks of herself expressing in her purpose clearing up, and then what she was willing to stand for in her confidence because of that. She sent me an email five days later and she said, Colleen, I can't even believe it. I just got offered a job within my business that doubled my salary and has me doing a position in HR that totally takes out the politics I didn't like. And I can't even believe it. I'm going to be able to clear off my debt so much sooner. Like, I'm so grateful. This is amazing. I can't even believe it. Like, Hawaii, here I come. Like, that vision here I come. <laughs> yes. So all of that to say it can happen in a lot of different ways. I think what's really important is the commitment to keep shedding the layers um, and showing up for yourself. Totally. I love that story and example. And and you're right. Like things can shift pretty quickly, like energetically, like when you show up and commit, I feel like, you know, it's totally. things, it's, it's about like wanting to see that. And, and there are lots of different modalities. And I think those yeah. are all really awesome examples. And, um, you know, so speaking of what you do, we have to wrap up because Ambie and I actually have to get out to a show. But mm-hmm. um, speaking of what you do, do you want to give everyone some information on you and where they can find you and how they can work with you? Sure. So they can find me on Facebook, Colleen Coles, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-C-O-L-E-S, Instagram, Colleen Coles, and my website, ColleenColes.com, which I really like because it has some of my favorite videos on there, um, more about what I do, and then also a really, really good training that's free right now. And it's all about more depth in codependency and relationships and how to really up your standards in it so that you can really get what you want. So that's huge. It was a a training I did with another coach where she invited me to be like the guest in her closed group that other people paid for. Um, But I had permission to like use it how I will. So right now it's my free gift and I'd highly recommend anybody to go download that because it's awesome. And that's what pops up on my page, callingcoles.com. Awesome. We're going to check that out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. Colleen. Thank you. Yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) Thank Thank you so much for being here again. We will see you next Friday. And um, maybe we'll do like next week, maybe we'll do some sort of like live episode where like the listeners can ask questions. (gasps) I would love it. Let's do it. Colleen, I love your face. Yeah, me too. Your facial expressions are awesome. I was thinking that too. I was like, I just – it's such good energy, all of it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So I guess next week we'll uh, try to plan for that. Um, and you guys will be hearing about that. And that will be really fun so that you guys can ask Colleen your relationship questions. Um, she's thumb up, thumb upping us. Um, cool. Well, thank you, Bloomers, so much. We love you so much. And we are out until next time. Bye, everybody. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. Oh.